Welcome to SEC Live here on the 440 Sports Network, that SEC podcast. Michael Bratton, Braden Gall, Division Championship Weekend, sort of, unless maybe you're an Ole Miss fan. We'll see, but it's going to be a huge weekend. We've got a lot of stuff to get to from last week and a lot of stuff to get to this week. M-I-Z, Michael, M-I-Z. Yeah, I've been trying to tell you since the offseason. I know you've always hated Missouri, but I know, uh, I know. I'm on the bandwagon. I, I've, I've hated Missouri for so long that I made my wife and kids stop on summer vacation in Columbia, Missouri to go eat at a uh, an Ozark brunch spot. It was delicious. It was delicious. I enjoyed the pizza down there as well. What was uh, the name? I made it? my kids break into the indoor practice facility at Missouri. Um, you, uh, there's a lot of Missouri fans. If you, give, if you give me a second, talk about how much you loved Missouri all summer. I'll find the place. Well, I, I think one of the best stories in all of college football is Brady Cook. And I know I, I like to say bold things, but I don't think that's too bold because, my God, we everybody wanted the guy out. I mean, when's the last time you heard a Missouri fan clamor for Sam Horn? And, I mean, that's that seems like a joke <laughs> right now, but that was all we heard in the offseason. And, I mean, we can pull up the episodes leading up to the Kansas State game. They struggled against, um, who was that, maybe Memphis or um, – I remember yeah, right. I picked I picked Columbia, them against Kansas, Kansas State. The the game prior, they struggled, and by God, they were they were out. They were, is drink the guy. We know what we're getting with drink. <laughs> I mean, I, this is this is not me saying it. This is everybody saying it. So, um, I mean, he's he's SEC Coach of the Year. So, a lot to be said of uh, the, the improvements that Missouri's made. Uh, so, I I my two children. The practice facility had not been available to the media yet. At Mizzou, I called in some favors and my two kids. I've got a photo. In fact, I'll hold that up too. I'll hold that up if you don't believe me. Uh, Ozark Mountain Biscuit and Bar. Uh, Fantastic Bloody Mary. Delicious food. If you MIZ folks are in the comments and you know what I'm talking about, we went to Ozark Mountain Biscuit and Bar on the north side of Columbia. It was absolutely delicious. It was wonderful. And I've hated Missouri so long that I visited the indoor practice facility and made my family drive 30 minutes outside of the way to go take a look at Columbia, Missouri and show them the, show them, uh, the, you know, <laughs> coach Farrow outside. <laughs> right. That, no, I mean, that, that makes sense. I, I knew you always hated them, but, um, exactly. <laughs> let me see. I'm, I'm just kind of curious if you can show us on this diagram. Okay. Where, where did you Ooh. sit? Where, okay, where so, did you sit? All right. So if you're watching on YouTube and, and, and Facebook, we do appreciate you guys. So uh, the bathrooms are to the right uh, as you're looking at the screen. I think that's the same as what I am. So if you go back, the front doors back to the left, like through that brick wall there. This is like the backside where all the alcoholics hang out. Uh, all the fa- all the families are in the fr- are in the front and on the patio. Oh, gotcha. Uh, we were back there by the kitchen, but past that left door there around the corner. Delicious. It was absolutely delicious. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. And it's kind of I like that everything right there is right next to each other. Uh, no free shouts, by the way. Um, I like that everything there, like the softball stadium is really, really nice. It's right there next to the, the basketball and the football and the baseball. Like they're all right next to each other. So it was pretty cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I made my family. We, it was, we were going to the Ozarks for a lake trip for the family, just me and the wife and the two girls. And we uh, I, I was texting a guy for them from, from the local media. I texted him a picture of my, my two daughters standing inside the Missouri at football, the practice, indoor practice facility. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he's like, dude, we're not we haven't even seen that yet. How did you get in there? I was like, well, you know, I know people. I know people. <laughs> so this this is all a lead up to you explaining why Missouri is going to whoop Georgia's ass on Saturday in Athens. Let's let's hear it. That was the whole thing. Um, look, I want to talk Tennessee. I want to talk Ole Miss. I want to talk a lot of things. But I, I Missouri to me, I, I do think that they have pieces and weapons that will cause a lot of problems. 
I do think I do think that early on that they can they can play like if they they have to play. I hate using there's so many cliches, you know, like hair on fire, disrespect card. Uh, you know, there's so many different ways you can describe it. But Eli Drinkwitz says t- had two weeks. I would assume that every TV screen in that brand new facility had mm-hmm. something on it from from the media, from game tape, from a Georgia coach, from just something. I would have every TV going. Every meeting would start with no one believes you. No one believes you can do it. No one believes you can do it. I think that's where it has to start. And, it, and if it starts there and they come out and play their best football, I think they can win the game. They're, they are good enough at quarterback. They are good enough on the weapons on the outside. I, I, I don't know if they've got my, – my issue is keeping that intensity and matching it for 60 minutes. That's my question. They that just, they that just got to figure out uh, how Kirby does it every year. Seven and five. Uh, he's, he was pissed off Dan Mullen, picked the Florida gate. Uh, who in the hell's listening to Dan Mullen's commentary? I mean, I, I know he's on ESPN, but I, I've not – listen to a damn word he says, and I'm a big damn Mullen fan. So you know how uh, to do this in the media. You don't need to actually take the quote. That's real. You just take a picture of it, put a quote on top of it, take it out of context, slap it on a TV and put it over the, the bench press machine. Yeah. That and sounds it, like something you do. So uh, I get it. I mean, that that's what drink needs to be doing. You, you're right. You, they, they need to take out a, a page out of Kirby's book uh, heading into this, this epic matchup. Uh, all right. Here's the, here is the, here's the picture for those of you watching. There is the two daughters inside the Missouri practice facility. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It was awesome, man. They, I was like, go in there, go in there. We're going to walk around and take a picture. And I'm going to text it to my buddy who covers the team and piss him off. <laughs> anyway, MIZ, uh, my issue, my concern is the how does the energy level change over the game? How does it, ha- like, the, the, the depth and the physicality of Georgia? I'm not worried about, like, 1v1 for Missouri, right? Like, I'm not worried about first quarter, second quarter. I might not even worry about third quarter. It's you get to 70, 80 plays, and you are in a war, in a primetime situation that you've never been in before as a player. And at what point do you break? And I just don't – this is where Missouri can prove that that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or this is where Georgia proves that, like, that long, sustained, two, two, like, six-year build process to back-to-back championships and depth and, and everything holds up. I don't know that I, I think if you you've got plenty, you, you've done it a million different ways. If you're Missouri, you ran the football down South Carolina's throat. <laughs> you threw it all over LSU. You, you kind of did it both ways against Kentucky. You've done it multiple ways. Can what, what tricks do you have? What tricks do you have? That's the question I, ha- I, w- I want to know. And it's not you don't need to run like fake punts and like super tricks. I'm talking like normal clown tricks. I like, I like that a guy named Aladdin's calling you a clown. <laughs> Where's the genie? Where's he at? You know, uh, to me, it's a, it's a, it's the wrinkles. I guess I should say not trick plays. I don't like that. I want, I want, what are, what are Kirby Moore's wrinkles in, in this game that whether it's getting bur- burden open, whether it's different run fits, like, I, I just want to know, like, I think they need something different. Um, you've got film on Georgia. You've got Auburn film on Georgia. You've got South Carolina first half film against Georgia. There are, there are teams that have been successful for periods of time. The question is, can you be successful for the entire game? That's, that's the problem. Right. And uh, you know what I do? I was just looking at the schedule there. Cause I was trying to see who has been successful. Um, pull, pull a page out of Hughes book. I mean, Brady cooks a good athlete. I'd run him, And I, I realized uh, Cody Schrader's had a good year. Nathaniel Pete's a, a solid back, but um, I, you know, I I think you got to play eleven on eleven, and and Brady has shown. I mean, he's got 
he's has a few games of I think that yeah. of over a hundred rushing yards. Not maybe not this season, but in his career. And uh, I, I think that is that's a key to the game for me. How many rushing yards does Brady Cook get? And how much can we engineer? Not not him running for his life, obviously, yeah, but not just improv designed s- schemed plays. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I would argue that is also who's going to win the Alabama LSU game. <laughs> I I think whoever. I think if Jalen Milrow has designed run plays, which I've been asking for all season, and then the rest of the game plays out the way you're supposed, the way we think it could in theory in Alabama LSU, I don't think Alabama loses the game. I think if Missouri wants to win, they need some design runs. If LSU is going to win, that's the one guy who has to go off script. Jaden Daniels has to go off script, and he's very good at it. He does it every single week. So, I I don't think Missouri's overrated. I think Georgia. This is, this is going to sound crazy. They're not underrated, but like. They've been sort number of, one's underrated. Got it. Yeah, they've been sort of like we've all said the same thing about Georgia. Not as good as last year. Not sure they're going to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of been who's, the conversation. Who's faster, Jalen Milrow or uh, Harold Perkins? Because that that may that may the race. <laughs> that may be uh, what determines the outcome. That that's a I each one could win multiple. That's one of those 50, 50 where like Milrow's going to get him a couple times and then Perkins is going to get him a couple times. And then to me, that's where Tommy Reese needs to do the thing that he hasn't done all year, which is show us this really interesting designed plays for the quarterback to run the football. That's the last piece of the offense because frankly, LSU's defense still sucks uh giant donkey balls pretty much. So they've got uh, happy, happy Halloween, by the way, everybody happy Halloween. So there you go. They were, they've gotten a little bit better last couple of weeks. They've not, Played anyone with a pulse, but they uh, Auburn's offense. Auburn's offense will do that to everybody. <laughs> what about Army? I mean, they shut down the, our military. Yeah, I don't think I'm not. I'm, that's that's nice. That's good. That's good. And they I, didn't get. I, they had a shutout last week. Three, three of their top four corners are out. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hobson, exactly right. Uh, I I don't think they <laughs> stop Alabama. Did you Did you see what Brian Kelly said? This is why you come to LSU. If, you, if you're scared of the moment, then sit your ass down. Don't come here. I, I like that message. Are we are we already off Missouri, Georgia? <laughs> I well, agree. With, I agree with Brian Kelly. The key is going to be is is the same. It's the exact same story against Alabama. LSU can't cover anybody. They're going to give up big plays. Jalen Milrose hit big plays the entire season. It's going to happen. The question is, can you he takes sacks all season long? Can you pressure him? Can you keep him from making throws and keep him in the pocket and keep him from making a bunch of plays? And that's where Tommy Reese needs to design some fucking runs. And he hasn't done it most of the season. Milrow's been pretty good. He's getting better. Just like Carson Beck is getting better. Like all these, like Jalen, Jaden Daniels is playing at, at the top of his game. Like this is a big time quarterback matchup between these four teams this weekend. And it's cheesy to say whichever quarterback plays the best is going to win, but it's probably true. I have heard Jalen Milrow is not comfortable doing read option plays and that's why they don't run those it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be that it can be power i know but why in the hell i mean can't you just coach them i don't understand that that, that's like a weird thing to i mean just coach them you know isn't that isn't that what coaching is yes i would say it's weird considering when you run seven on seven drills in the off season from like age five to age college you're working on that handoff and the zone read and reading the defensive end and like that's what you do so i think that's a little odd but we're also in a year where defense might be coming back a little bit and maybe he's a little bit more of a traditional style quarterback and hasn't run those systems. I don't remember Jalen Milrow's offensive system in high school, so I don't, I don't have that off the top of my head. So, well, you should. Yeah. My bad. You you didn't go to his biscuit place or anything. (laughs) Yeah. Just Missouri's just Missouri's. (laughs) (laughs) Um, By the way, Carson Beck, just quietly, just 300, 350 a week, 
just quietly, we're just going to destroy people. Uh, destroyed Florida last week, of course, after giving up the touchdown. I was wrong about that, by the way. I thought Florida would keep it close for most of that game and then lose easily in the, in the fourth quarter. No, no, no. They, they, they lost easily in the first and second quarter. They quit a lot earlier than I thought. So credit to Georgia for, for doing, doing, a good, doing a good job in that game. I mean, they um, couldn't do anything after that first drive. All right. What, what do you want to add to the Missouri matchup here? What, what, is the, what is the piece? What is the player? What is the scheme that, that allows Missouri to 15 and a half point favorite? All right. Are they 15, 15 and a half? More than two touchdowns on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the piece that makes the difference for Missouri? I think Luther Burden taking over because I think he'll be the best player on the field now that Brock Bowers is unavailable and and maybe some, you know, I don't want to say nothing dirty, but I would think there's got to be some kind of um, chip on their shoulder, what have you, some edge to Mizzou's defense for for Dominic Lovett switching sides. And uh, I, I think he'd be a hell of a lot more productive at Missouri. Uh, than he's being in Athens. So, you know, maybe that brings a little fire to the Missouri's defense, which has not been great. They're, they've been very underwhelming this year, but they have, they've gotten better the last couple of weeks. So, you know, they got to have a little chip to their uh, – I think I think every this is what we do, and you you accuse me of this every damn week, so I'm going to accuse you of it, Brandon. <laughs> People, they get too hyped over like, oh, my God, they whipped the shit out of Florida. Well, Florida's not good. Florida's – they're probably going to be fifth in the East, and we're sitting here saying, well, I Georgia can't be touched because uh, they got a hell of a lot better Missouri team coming in. Uh, Ole Miss is better than Florida, and playing in Neyland Stadium, I think is, okay. I, I think that's tougher than than facing Florida and Jacksonville. I don't disagree with anything you just said, but you, but no, nor, nor have I ever disagreed with anything you just said. Well, that's good. That's good. I, but I think I think saying I also think saying a team that's going to if a team wins six or seven games in the SEC as a team, mm-hmm. by, by definition, they don't suck. They they're not awful by definition. They're they're average. I think I think what happens in sports media is that you have to say one thing or the other. It's got to be one extreme or the other. Oh, they're fucking amazing. Oh, Wait, they're terrible. They, they got their ass kicked no, by Kentucky. They're they're an average football team. I think it, it, I said if if Florida finishes. And by the way, somebody Liquid Flame said this. I didn't. I was joking about the quitting. I don't think they like physically quit the game. I think Georgia was just better. I agree with your point. But if but if Florida finishes with six wins, beat Arkansas this week. And if they finish with seven wins, like by definition, they are not a bad football team. They're not a good football team. They're an average football team. You I sound think like we, a Kentucky fan. Happy with seven. No, I'm sick and tired of stupid ass media making everything have to be black or white when the real world of college football is in the middle. The real world is gray. The real world is in this middle where one fourth. Look at look at Tennessee. I'm going to spend some time on Tennessee today, too. Look at Tennessee. The fourth down going for it in their own own side of the field on offense two weeks in a row in the second half in critical situations. One of them is a, is a stop because a guy gets a, a, a good push on a defensive tackle. And the net, and the other one is a first down because he gets the defensive lineman to jump and it changes the entire outcome of the game. And I'm not going to sit here and like overreact to literally the exact same play happening inches differently and suggest that that means that one thing is elite and one thing is terrible. And I think that's stupid. I think, I think their performance against Kentucky and one of the most masterful quarters of football I've ever seen out of a Tennessee offense, and especially Joe Milton, that well, a Tennessee offense co- quarterbacked by Joe Milton. See, now <laughs> you're overreacting again. It was th- those two drives were masterful: offensive line, running game, play calling, manage the clock perfectly, cl- critical situations, fourth down calls, 
you had the lead, you needed the long drive, you executed, you 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 managed the clock perfect. It was a perfect, it was a masterful offensive performance by Joe Milton, the offensive line, the running game, Josh Heupel. I, that that to me is a signal of what we said on the show last week, which is I'm seeing maturity in the Tennessee program. I'm seeing growth. I'm seeing positivity. And all you said was, oh, fucking Tennessee sucks. They can't beat Alabama. Blah, 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 blah. No, that's not how the world works. It's more complicated nah, they, than that. They suck, too. They, they beat Kentucky. Kentucky's awful. Come on now. Now, if they beat Missouri or Georgia, awful. I may change my mind. Uh, see, but you see, you just did the exact thing I'm complaining about. Like, oh, they're going to they're gonna win seven games this year, but they're awful. Awful. Like, no. You know who's awful? Vanderbilt. Wait, if Tennessee Vanderbilt's wins seven awful. games, you think that's good? <laughs> that No, that's not what we... You, you just said, said. You said Kentucky. You said Kentucky's awful. Oh, and they're, they not, win, they're not games. awful. Seven games. Look, let's look at the schedule. Everyone Vander, Vanderbilt is awful. Oh wow, they beat Ball State. Vanderbilt is Eastern awful. Eastern Kentucky, Akron, oh Vanderbilt. God. Can this, we talk yeah. about Georgia, Missouri again? This is an elite. Yeah, what am I talking about? This is. Can they extend this guy? See, see, but see what you just did. You just did it again. You keep doing the exact thing I'm asking you not to do. <laughs> stop using elite and stop using awful. Just use like, eh, they're average. They're, fire. They're, I'd, they're, I'd fire they're them all. They need to fire them all. Well, I know that's how you get clicks. It's fine. Um, here's here's the deal. Uh, Georgia, I think personnel wise, outlasts Missouri. Unfortunately, I think Missouri gives them a hell of a fucking run. I think the fact that they played really well last week, last year against Georgia, actually helps both teams. I think it gives them confidence for two weeks, Missouri, and I think it gives Georgia like a heightened sense of awareness. And I think they are truly focused on this game as the most important game. It's why. Somebody on that SEC podcast stole my shit this week when they said that the toughest game Georgia's going to play is Ole Miss, which I've been saying on this show for the entire summer. And I think I, I think Georgia's the compounding effort of Georgia having to play four straight games against four pretty decent teams, some and varying degrees of quality, is going to lead them to get got at one of those times. Maybe it's this week against Missouri. I don't know. Yeah. That that's that's a smart analysis. But if they lose, fire them. They're terrible. I fucking hate you sometimes. Oh, God. Okay, so you have no more thoughtful and nuanced analysis of the Missouri-Georgia game. I think uh, also just the fact, you just look at these comments, I mean, that are non-Missouri people, and I, I see them all the time. They played nobody. They suck. They're about to drop their last. About Missouri? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I see this every day. They're, they're going to lose to Georgia, Tennessee, Florida. Oh, my God. That, those are people lucky. that don't watch college football then, apparently. Well, I know. But but the point being is uh, I, they got something to prove this week. And and even – million percent. You know, to, to not just SEC fans but to the nation. Um, I, hell, I, I mean, I don't want to sit here in moral victory. But if let's say they take it to the fourth quarter and, and lose by three or something like that. I think they gain a, a ton of respect – and they'll probably win out if they're that good. And and ten and two is that's a hell of a year for Missouri. I think ten and two is a hell of a year for Missouri. I, I, I agree. Uh JD, that's about as nice a compliment as anyone's paid, so I'll take that. Um I I don't Tennessee is still fascinating to me with Missouri coming up in two weeks. I still think that's a you know, Tennessee's got UConn this week. They're a 36 point favorite, whatever. They'll get to seven wins. Our bet, by the way, is our bet might hinge on that Missouri game. <laughs> yeah, the Tennessee gamble that we have it might might hinge on that uh, that Missouri game so. or that Georgia game. I if I'm not a believer in Tennessee, clearly, you know i I keep picking them to lose. I keep expect hell. I thought they 
lose to A&M even. But, uh, and I certainly didn't think that first half against Alabama, I didn't see that coming. But if Joe Milton keeps getting better, if guys like Thornton can, you know, maybe they figure that out because he's been non-existent. Does it does uh, it look Chaz- like he's running and does it look like he's running on a beach all the time? Like Ooh. it looks like he's Thornton. He looks uh, like he's running on sand. I don't know why. I just feel like he should be it, faster. I've not even seen him. I've, the only time I've seen him was when he's dropping a pass until last no, he, week. No, yeah, he was you know what I mean. Kentucky. He was great, right? So he emerged there. You know, I'm just saying if if that's all Tennessee needs, you know, of course. Quarterback completing eighty five percent of his passes—that's all they need, and they could win every damn game. <laughs> if, if he completes eighty five percent of their passes against Georgia, they're going to beat Georgia. Now, but what I, but what I, but, that ain't going to happen. But, but, but this is what Milrose doing too, and this is what I find interesting about the offense, and this is why I think the the program growth is the most important story with Tennessee, is that they are doing it in different ways. It is not just Joe Milton trying to go down the field forty eight times a game. If if they only need him to go sixteen to twenty. That's the same thing Milrow has been doing for Bama for most of the season. Like, oh, 12 of 17, oh, 13 of 14. Like, it, they, they are doing it in different ways, and they're doing it with Wright and Sampson. They're doing it like that play call from Heupel with a delayed release from Sampson down the seam. That is a very unusual route for a running back to run. It was a perfect play call on a critical situation, and Milton executed it. Like, he he's doing it unlike I've seen him do it before, and it was the first half against Bama as well. And it was coaching mixed with Milton, mixed with the running game. It's it's evolving. And to show that you are evolving to me is a huge positive sign for Tennessee. It, big picture, forget the wins and losses this year, but that's a huge sign. And the result is a win on the road against Kentucky with like workmanlike ease, you know? And, and then you got, if they play like that, they can give Georgia a game. If they play like that, they can beat Missouri. So, yeah. Yeah. I, that's the all th- that's, that's things I probably would not have said about Joe Milton three weeks ago. Yeah, sixth year he's finally putting it together. Well, six and a half, well five and a half, six and a half, but the final stretch of his senior season. It's it's good to see because there's not many guys that have actually done that. Well, and JD says as Milton has had to run more when nothing is open downfield. I would argue that there are far more designed runs in the offense, which is yet another evolution because he's not like a speed guy like Milrow. You have to design power football for Milton. You have to give him time to get to the spot. And that's what they're doing with this offense. And that's all hypo. I like like to call him Cam Newton before he got the bag. You know, like who? Like slow Cam Newton? Remember before before he he went to Auburn? You know, who who was Cam Newton? He was just a hyped guy that we never saw. Then he got that bag. He was incredible. That's who who Joe Milton has been. Okay, yes, I agree with you. Bo brings up a good point because I want to get to Bama LSU. He says, don't you both think that Milrow's success has a lot to do with the 10 five-star players around him? I think you can say that about every player at Georgia. You can say that about everybody at Texas A&M, except for you can't. Uh, LSU is not much different. Ohio State, it doesn't mean that quarterbacks are perfect. I, I think Milrow has shown that he can't, he's he got flaws. He, he's not a great intermediate passer. He's not a great, like, third. once you get to the third read on the offense, he's not particularly great. But his bursts, Man, the dude is electric. The dude is electric. It's Michael Vick type of quickness. And that's why I want to see Tommy Reese design some runs. But, like, look at his receiving core. That's not a bunch of five. Like, those guys aren't playing like five-star athletes. Like, those guys aren't five-star studs. There's no Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Jalen Waddell, De- Devontae Smith. Like, those guys aren't. I think they were all mostly five-stars. You can be a five-star recruit, but if you're not a five-star player, then you're then you're not a five-star. 
Like it's not. Yeah. Well, if the, that's if the on ar- their coaches to develop them, I, th- I would think. Sure, but the argument is: isn't Milrow's success based on the talent around him? And you cannot say that about Alabama's offensive line or receiving core this year. <laughs> like you can't. Yeah. No, I I give him all the credit for. It's got to be tough being Alabama's quarterback, particularly when you come out struggling early and they bench your ass and oh, you almost yeah. lose to South Florida. You know what I mean? Like the, a lot, the, I think the, a lot of people would cave. A lot of people would cave under that. And not only did he not cave, he's he's gotten better. Yeah. Um, I, I about, I mean, I, I bet the Alabama fans on here know who this is, but Blake Barnett. <laughs> who in the hell's that guy? Well, hey, he, David he's, David Cornwell. <laughs> I don't think Cornwell ever started though, did he? I, I know, I know. But Blake Barnett it was, it was, started over Jalen Hurts, and yeah. who the hell's that guy? He 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 sucked, and then we never heard from him again. You know what well, I mean? They, like that could have been Jalen Milrow, but well, they they signed like the, the other same. way. They same this they signed like the same five star SAE like out of the frat house like four years in a row. It was like Blake Barnett, David Cornwell, Cooper Bateman. Like it was just like the it's just like they're all a bunch of bros out of the same frat house and ha- none of them actually hit. None of them were any good. They had to all go somewhere else. And and the four star running back <laughs> is now is now playing in Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's wild. So, that, I think I think Milrose down the field, yards per attempt efficiency. It I don't I have no faith that LSU is going to cover anybody. It's going to come down to the off the defensive line for LSU pressuring Milrow, taking him out of the game. They're going to they're going to have to get to him before he can get the ball out, which is hard to do. He's good down the field, and LSU is not. And on the other side, Daniels has to do stuff off script because while their receivers are elite, and this is the right time to use the word elite, neighbors and and Thomas are elite. They they are they are elite. Uh, at least Alabama's dudes, they may they may pick up a lot of penalties. They may not make the play, but like they're in the play. Like LSU guys aren't even in the picture sometimes. <laughs> like when when the ball's in the air. So I I have more faith in Alabama's guys being around the play and making some plays. Like isn't Arnold number three? I think with the green mouthpiece for Alabama. Like he mm-hmm. gives up some plays. He gives up some penalties, but he also makes a lot of plays too. See, I think this, this has got to be a Logan Diggs game because I think they're gonna. You're big, you're big on him. They're gonna. Blitz Jay Nails like crazy, I would think, or you know, uh, shade the coverage towards those receivers. So I, I think someone else has got to step up and, and sum up and, and make these plays. And, and I think that's the best way to combat a lot of this is you know, screens and draws and, and things like of that nature. So I think this has got to be a Logan Diggs game for LSU. I really do with that offensive line. I mean, even Tennessee couldn't run the ball against them though. Tennessee's Tennessee's offensive game, offensive running game is about as good as as LSU's. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't have the same dudes on the outside to threaten safeties to back off and stuff. But like, I I don't know. Tennessee's running game is pretty good, and Alabama punked them in the second half. Uh, I, you know, yeah. And 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 junkyard. I think you're right. You said something about if someone figures out to cover Burton and spy Milrow, they won't go far. I mean, Alabama's it's it's November and they're in first place and they're undefeated in the conference. So I think they've gone. A, and a LSU's good, got no one that can cover. And LSU's got nobody. Here's the here's the thing, though. If you do put Perkins in a spy role, you might be taking him out of a bunch of running plays, perhaps, or some other situational stuff in the flats or on the blitz packages. But I bet you he could be a spy on Jalen Milrow. Very few people could do that. And I bet you he could. Yeah. I mean, he's a different athlete, but he, he did a hell of a job against Bryce Young last year as a true uh, freshman. And KJ, The game against KJ Jefferson was insane. Yeah. So I, 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 
Bama's favored, but only slightly. Um, it's like one of the lowest point spreads in the history of the game. Uh, Georgia's favored by more than two touchdowns. Are we coming away? I mean, if they both win, they largely clinch the division. I know Ole Miss, in theory, would still have a shot, but unlikely with Georgia coming up on the road. Uh, it does feel like this is division championship Saturday, which makes for, a, like, I, I I was out of town last weekend. I went up to the Ohio I went to watch Ohio State and scout the Buckeyes um, over the weekend. And, by the way, they do not look on offense. They they, they have a really, really good defense. They're kind of like Bama. Uh, they've got an elite receiver. But Were no. you stealing their signals for Michigan? Yes, I was. I, that's true. I got a ticket from Harbaugh. <laughs> that's, how I got, that's how I got into the game. <laughs> nice. That's a good point. Um, no, it's – I just – my point is, is I was like, um, I'm working this week, this past weekend. I got, you know, kids soccer tournaments and birthday parties. Not, not this, not this Saturday. This, this Saturday is get the hell out of the way, guys. Dad's <laughs> got the TV. <laughs> Let's, we got Ole Miss A&M to watch, which is a really underrated game nationally. And then you got an SEC East division championship and an SEC West division championship. Get out, get out of the way. And then you got must wins everywhere else, by the way. Like, yeah. Like Kentucky, Mississippi State, Auburn, <laughs> Arkansas, Florida. Did you see what old uh, old Kiffin said this week? Is is he is he angling for that A and M job? I don't think I'd want a coach in College Station. I think you can win this. This I, I'm not going to bring up the coach in Kentucky, but I think I think you have way more upside at Texas A and M than you do at Ole Miss. But I would not want to coach at College Station. There's a lot of cooks in that kitchen that try to get in the way and tell you what to do. And at Oxford, if you're good, they get out of your way. In Oxford, if you're a good coach, they'll let you do your job and they'll leave you alone. There's a mm-hmm. reason Joey Freshwater likes it in Oxford. Okay. Yeah. That's my opinion. I mean, but I get, I mean, what about you? That's that's true. His, that, that's very true. I, sh- I shouldn't say what I was about to say, so I'm not going to say it. But, yeah, no, that point's well well made. I don't know how they, – they already got a dog down there in, in College Station. They, they got room for juice down there. Yeah, they're <laughs> old juice. Uh, all right, I, I I guess this is very very boring, but I got Georgia and Alabama. I I I think if LSU wins, they have a legitimate uh, playoff type of resume. So I think if LF, if LSU win, <laughs> Bo, I am not confusing them. They are the same. <laughs> Texas <laughs> Texas and Texas A&M both have too many cooks, uh, too many oil oil barons or whatever. Um, I, LSU would have a really good case for a Heisman Trophy quarterback and Jaden Daniels if they win, because it's probably going to be because of him. If they win, they have a really good case that when they play Georgia as a two-loss team, and if they were to beat Georgia to be a playoff team, the only two-loss playoff team ever, they would have a really good case at that point, too. I, we could see some unprecedented stuff in college football, but it has to start this weekend, and I think it has to be with the quarterback being special. He has to do the, the Heisman thing, which I don't like saying as a voter, but but you know, Lamar Jackson against Florida state or Caleb Williams against Notre Dame, or, you know, pick the guy who did the thing and, and goes for 400 plus yards and six touchdowns or whatever. Like, I think, I think that's how they, if they're going to win, I think he has to be special and off script probably. Wait. So if LSU wins in Tuscaloosa, tall task, not saying it happens, but if they do, would you have, any faith that they could beat Georgia in Atlanta gives me more faith. Uh, can I? Can I tell me how Georgia looks in the next three games? They lose one. Then absolutely, yeah. I mean, Georgia's still favored probably in that game, don't you think? Like seven, eight points. 
nine yeah. points. Mm-hmm. But if they're but if it's a one loss Georgia and a two loss LSU in Atlanta, then I think uh, obviously we've that would mean that LSU is good enough to go on the road and beat Bama's defense, and Georgia's not good enough to run the table this year. So yeah, absolutely. And just just for the love of God, if if they block a kick, LSU, if Georgia blocks one, just pick pick it up, fall on it, do something. Don't just <laughs> don't don't, don't just let it. them <laughs> walk into the damn end zone. You know what? Just don't touch it, right? If you block a kick, don't touch it. That's that's how you get coached, right? Don't touch it. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, no, okay. I, I'm not. I don't want to. Uh, okay, I'm not going to address Bo. I love you, Bo, but there's no chance that Shane Beamer used signs that are on every single game tape. These signs are on every single game tape that every coach has. There, every, every single tape has these signs on it. It's all. I don't understand why this is that big of a deal, other than that Jim Harbaugh is a lightning rod character that everybody likes to hate. Uh, what what is the meltdown level? Because I'm seeing it from these dogs. I mean, they can't even they can't even handle me saying they may lose a game. They get they get so damn mad. What's the meltdown level if they just lose a game? Because hell, we're not. If they lose a a game, they're they're still winning the East. They're still favored to win the SEC. They're still probably probably the favorite to win the national title. What? Why? Well, doesn't they, it depend on who they, they lose? So butthurt. Doesn't it depend on who they lose to? Like if they lose to Missouri, no. if they lose to well, no, because Ole Miss doesn't help them. To, losing to Tennessee, Tennessee, that's still not enough. They'd have to lose twice. The only one that matters is Missouri, right? So well, you, and, and then, and then said, Missouri I mean, still has to said, run the table. You said it yourself. Like they're they're a huge favorite. So I I guess I'm really looking at at Tennessee and and Ole Miss, which both are would be upsets, admittedly. But let's let's say they lose one of those. Okay, not not Missouri. Uh, I mean, we're still going to win the East and be in the SEC championship game. Right. So as a one loss team playing for a spot in the playoff. So, uh, I mean, why is, and, and hell, Ole Miss pretty good. Tennessee's improving. I agree. Um, I don't two, know. Tough, two tough teams, tough games. I, I guess I'm just confused about, about why. So you do, so you do, con- you, you, do in con- thing. You, you do content to elicit a response and then are confused when it gets a response. <laughs> That, well, I'm just wondering, like, <laughs> they nearly lost to Auburn, they're, and they're like, we can't be beat, you know? I, I mean, I South not Carolina heard that gave, from, gave them I've a good game. That. I've Th- not these, heard that. These from, are two of the worst teams in the SEC. I have not heard that from Georgia people. Hmm. You need to get more Georgia fans. I, I, I did an interview on another show to with the drummer of the Wild Feathers, great rock and roll band. Go check him out. He's a huge Georgia fan. Known him for a long time. And I asked him very first, before the Florida game. I, I, my first question was like, "How you feeling?" And he and, his, and he was like shaking. His head was is he was like, "I can't. I'm so nervous about the game." He's like, I, I, "We're not very, you know, like, I." It's the exact opposite. Like, I don't. I have not heard. I, I think Georgia is getting better every single week they play football. And I think the pieces beside outside of Bowers, the pieces are coming to get. Lad McConkey had a huge game. The defense played great. I think they are getting better and better. It does not mean they're better than last year, and it does not mean they're going to win the national championship. But I, the quarterback has been in complete control for largely the entire season, guys. Like he he has been the most consistent quarterback, maybe in the conference outside of Jaden Daniels, I guess, maybe Brady Cook. I, I don't know. Like he's just go. Nobody talks. Nobody talks about Carson Beck. Nobody talks about him. He's just consistently three hundred yards, three touchdowns, another dub, easy. Like it's just nobody even talks about him. So I don't. I don't think. I don't think uh, Georgia fans think they're perfect, but they mm. they technically are perfect and number one right now. So that's true. Well, for another for another couple hours, they are number one. You're right. Oh yeah. So you're picking Missouri. 
So how about this uh, bottle of whiskey? No, I'm talking about the the playoff rankings. I don't no, think I, we're not. I don't one. acknowledge that those exist until the last one of the end of the year. Those don't those don't matter. I'm just saying for a couple playoff more hours, they're number one. No, I'll, be, no, I'll give them that. They'll be number one. They'll be number one. I hope you guys listened to so. me at the beginning of the season when I said the best gamble on the Heisman board, which is a stupid award to gamble on. But if you're going to do it, the best gamble is Carson Beck. And turns out I was right. So, yeah, I, Miss? Do, I, I do remember that. Yeah, that was another. And you're on fire with these, these takes. So people, much, so many people, takes. People should listen to you more. All they do is tell me how much I suck, though, Mike. <laughs> I've never said that, have not publicly. Uh, yeah, only privately on the group <laughs> chats. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pull up the should, odds right should now. Should Carson be getting more Heisman love? They they want to know. It, it, it okay. There's two ways to answer that question. The the one the the traditional Heisman Trophy winners and candidates are generally the best quarterbacks on the best teams. And, and and but guys that are great, like you can't, you know, nobody's won the award that's like average. That's never people yeah. are always like, oh, it's just the best player on the best team. That happened to like Mark Ingram in 2009. That's like the only time that that's ever actually happened. Um, but I think I, I do think that if you're if you're gambling, which again is about value and about trying to find a guy that's not the favorite to win it at the beginning of the year, I thought, you know, look, Georgia's probably going to be undefeated. They're probably going to put up big numbers, and Carson Beck's been better. I think he's been better than anything I've expected. I think he's been better than most anything anybody else has expected, honestly. No, I mean, he's the yeah. most he, he's the most consistent piece of that team. He's getting better every week, too. And if, and if and he's and Michael's right, like if they if they get into a shootout with Missouri and he's great, if they get into a shootout with Jackson Dart and Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin and he's great and win that game and he gets into a shootout with Tennessee and and that offense in in Neyland Stadium on the road and he's great, he's already won the game against Auburn. He destroyed. He was electric in the first half against Kentucky, which is the only half the national media watched. They didn't watch the second half. Mm-hmm. Like he he's put the resume together. I'm the second answer to that is I don't like that quarterbacks get all the love. I, I don't. I don't. As a as a general stance, I I wish the Heisman. I wish the top five in the Heisman was like Dallas Turner, Harold Perkins, and like James Pierce. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I wish. I wish the award was more like that. So, mm. uh, no, I did not. Crimson King settled down. I said, what happened is, is that Mar- Mark Ingram was the best player on the best team. And it's the only time I can think of that, 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 that took place. Cause I think one of the big complaints about the Heisman trophy is, Oh, it just always goes to the best player on the best team. And I think the only time that that happened was Mark Ingram. Otherwise Tim Tebow yeah. won it. Tim Tebow won it with four losses or whatever. Lamar Jackson won it with four losses. Robert Griffin lost, won it with three losses. I mean, these guys, it, it almost always goes to an elite. Caleb Williams lost multiple times. Didn't even win his conference championship last year. Like, it, you know, hmm. I, I don't think it's – I mean, do you agree with me? or? Uh, I stopped paying attention a long time ago. But, yeah, no, T- Tim Tebow. So the person doing a show with you? Yeah. Uh, very should, fucking he, rude, you he, asshole. He should have. Definitely won over Mark Ingram. I thought I, they basically just gave it to whoever won that game for some reason. I mean, well, they were both was, undefeated, right, in the SEC championship game. Yeah, but who cares? I mean, Tim Tebow is is a legend. Mark Ingram, I don't remember a single thing he did in college. They won you know? a national title. Uh, did he win it? Mark, Ingr- did, Mark Ingram's pretty good. Nah. Let's see here. Carson Beck is now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's he's eighth at plus three thousand. It's pretty good odds. If I was putting a bet down, that's pretty good odds. Yeah. No, that's good. Those are great odds. The guy I did see in person this weekend, and he's better in person than I expected. 
Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. is the fucking truth. Like that dude, like I we I was down at field level watching him warm up. Like that dude is the truth. Like I I would draft that guy in the top five, no problem. Um, he's got he's plus uh, what is he plus twelve hundred? Maybe we just have the NFL scouts give out the Heisman. How's that? Yeah, I'm sure. Jordan Jaden Daniels is third right now, at plus four hundred. I would take plus three thousand over plus four hundred in two seconds, but that's just the gambler in me. So mm, I wouldn't. Do you gamble? No. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> All right, you want to talk Ole Miss or do you want to talk? Uh... Yeah, I, I think that's a one hell of a game. I've been calling it the undercard. That's that's almost a disservice, but it's just because there's these two other monster games in the SEC. But it's a tricky game, man, because I, I think if you shut down Ole Miss on the ground, I think they're very beatable. And the only team that's run on A&M is Tennessee. And, uh, yeah, Al- I, I Alabama mean, did it a little bit in the second half, but yeah, I get your point. Yeah. I, I mean, in a and M they showed something. I mean, <laughs> I thought they were going to cave against South Carolina. I really did. When they got down seven, zero early kick, I was like, Oh God, here we go. It was Jimbo, not a pretty, it was not a pretty start. Jimbo's done, but, uh, they responded, they adjusted, they made the plays and they, they more or less dominated for the rest of the game. So credit to them. South Carolina is the, the it took South Carolina to the la- I believe it was the last play of the third quarter for them to get into positive rushing yards. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, if A&M can play like that, they're going to make us a, a ball game. I really, oh, and, God. and if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. We've said that a lot about Texas A&M big guy. Well, they just won, didn't they? And and who have they lost to? They lost South to Bama, Tennessee. I mean, these are these are elite of elite teams here. So, see what I'm saying when you say uh, who's awful? South Carolina is not very. South Carolina's bad. And guess yeah. what? Their record says they're bad. Their record isn't five and three, which is above average. Their record is two and six. The best. And not two and six in the SEC East, oh, though. Hot damn! I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's hot damn. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, they're. That's pretty impressive. No, they got, they got one no, hell of a quarterback, but nobody blames their players for a two and six season like Shane Beamer does. No one, mm-hmm. no one does. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't. It's hard. I I don't. I don't pick A and M to win games anymore. So <laughs> that, Kentucky, that's Kentucky that's that's me back. You know, Kentucky fan ruins my entire argument. We are average, or actually, he makes my argument. They are average. They're they're not awful. They're average. Mm-hmm. Um. This is we've said. This is the third week in a row I'm going to say this about Ole Miss, which is, you know, on the road against Auburn. For a program that is competing for championships, those are games you're supposed to go win. We've talked about that. For a program that doesn't consistently win championships, but has like the chance at a great season this year, same thing with Missouri. You got to handle your business in these types of situations. Missouri went on the road and beat Kentucky after going down fourteen nothing. Ole Miss did it against Auburn. This is one of those moments in the Shea Patterson Bowl where Ole Miss has to hold serve at home, a three-point three favorite against a team that has a strength like the defensive line. I still don't think a and I'll take Judkins and Dart and the noon kickoff and the Grove and, uh, and Ole Miss, but this is a proof. Like, show us that you're not looking ahead to Georgia. Show us that you want to stay with – you know, if LSU wins that game against Bama, Ole Miss is right there to win the West with one loss. It's a three-way tie at that point. How about this? Is there a more, uh, you know, like hateful, bad blood than 
Kiffin Jimbo in the SEC. That's that's kind of what I, what I want to talk about. I'm I'm trying to think if there's more. I mean, isn't Jimbo with everybody? Like Jimbo and Nick. I think this is worse somehow, some way. I mean, like, I mean, like he Kiffin. was he, he's he's taken really passive aggressive shots at Jimbo Fisher the entire week. For like he's three like, years, for three years, he's done he's it. Like, well, they're really getting hard. They're 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 competing really hard to get to bowl eligibility. Beamer it's the most passive aggressive is, shit I've is, ever heard is up there, but it's not not on this level. I think Beamer Stoops is higher. Because I, think, because I think Stoops, I mean, both guys come from like these long football families. And I think Stoops truly does not like that Shane Beamer does all the things that he does. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's against it's against my father's coaching upbringing, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. No, that's, see, that's a good one. Can, can we think of any others? Tim, well, Tim sets a good one. Kiffin, which is a lot of these will be Kiffin, by the way. Uh, Tim said, Tim Dodge says, hey, Tim, how are you, buddy? Uh, Kiffin versus Tennessee. I think I don't think Kiffin gives two shits about Tennessee. I think he likes to troll on his keyboard. Yeah. I think Tennessee fans need to let it the fuck go. I think that's what Tennessee fans need to do, because like everything with Tennessee fans, they hold on to to, to, to stuff for too long and it's too stupid. Never it's a waste of time. They had more penalties, by the way, against Kentucky than they did against Alabama. I just want to point they, that out. They play so rarely. I, I don't even consider that. To be honest with you, Kiffin yeah. in Tennessee yeah. now. Maybe and, and if he was, and if he was such a bad, terrible coach, then why was everybody pissed off that he left? Like I don't understand the, the whole Kiffin thing. Like the whole Kiffin Tennessee thing makes no sense to me. Mm -hmm. Like chasing down a family as they're trying to leave town is fucking stupid. It's stupid. I'm alum. I'm a Tennessee alumni. It was stupid. Stupid. Let it go. Let it go. The refs didn't cost you the game against Bama. You know Kiffin's, who's Kiffin's who's not coach. on this list, but will probably be there soon. Is uh, Hugh Freeze versus somebody. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he's gonna have beef with somebody over I, something. I think I think it, it, this this is what I want from Josh Heupel, but it'll never happen because mm -hmm. he's like too nice of a guy. But like Q Freeze and Josh Heupel are like the opposite personality types. Like Josh Heupel, like, and I think this is partly why they've been good in the last couple of years, and why he's been good is that he's. He's just a guy, regular human that like is authentic and real and talks to his players out, outside of the, the, the facility. And it's just a genuinely good human. <laughs> there you go. That's two years from now. That's two years from now. Uh, freeze versus Yellowwood. If, I, think that, if I think that's the guy he wanted. I think that's why he's down there. If he, but if he doesn't win enough games, Yellowwood changes his mind real fast. Along with a few other folks down there yeah. on, the plane, on the planes. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, Billy Napier is pretty unassuming. Clark Lee is, is around. <laughs> yep. I don't think anybody's going to get into it with Josh Heupel. Honestly, like they're just not because he's just too nice of a guy. Um, I think Kiffin, I mean, there's a lot of layers with Kiffin and freeze because freeze got the job after they tried to take Kiffin. Right. And, and the honeymoon between Ole Miss fans and Lane Kiffin is kind of over. It's, it's more of a business relationship now. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Brandon, I'm a very good talker. But uh, yeah, I did play a lot of football actually. So. And predictor, I, yeah, a lot of good takes this year. A lot of good takes. Mm -hmm. So many good tapes. All do, should we want me to go full full Al Bundy, Mike? Sure, yeah, back when I was a five A all 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 region wide receiver <laughs> in Middle Tennessee, nineteen ninety nine. Goddamn right, I played ball. Um, all right, who else? Jimbo Jimbo Kiffin's pretty good. Stoops Beamer, Freeze. I mean, if Saban was around long enough, it would be Saban. And also, uh, if we let's 
let's assume Dan Mullen gets hired again in here. I mean, he, he'll have bad blood with a, with a number of these guys pretty quick, too. So new Arkansas head coach Dan Mullen versus Hugh Freeze? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? So, something like that, you know? <laughs> Everybody, everybody's fired except for the guy that's 0-6. <laughs> I, I, I mean, they. I don't know that anybody wants to admit this, but I think Dan Mullen is perfect for Mississippi State. I agree. Why, he was the, why wouldn't he be? He's the greatest coach in Mississippi State history. Yeah. I Well, I don't know. He thinks he's better. You know, he always – he tried to get a different job every year. But I think that's perfect uh, isn't that, isn't that human? But isn't that human nature? Everybody in the world is trying to get a better job? <laughs> like I don't think so. How dare you in America try to make more money and have a better job? How dare you? Like I, like high capitalist he, fuck. He could have propelled himself to another maybe. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Get but that that that's one. Kirby. He was a defensive coordinator at one championships at Flo- or offensive coordinator at one championships at Florida. Of course, he was going to take the Florida job. He'd be I. I, I mean, surely you know this, right? He, you know, he tried to get Miami. He tried to get Michigan. He well, he had the Tennessee job, and he turned it down last second because of the Florida job. Right, but that I mean, that was a say. I wouldn't hold that against him because that was the same cycle. I'm 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 saying no, 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 literally, literally every year he was he was trying to get and then even okay. When did, what's your problem with that? Even when he did well at Florida, he tried to get an NFL job. What's your problem with that? Uh, I think it's proven that he's he's not good enough to at a, at a place where they demand you recruit at a high level. That's what I'm saying. Mississippi state's perfect. I agree. Th- those fans are not going to be sitting here saying, well, by God, why didn't you when, get a top 10 class? Right. You know exactly, I mean? exactly. Like Kentucky fans with Mark Stoops. When, when you are, it's not your fault. If you are promoted beyond the point of competency, like that's why that's a thing. Like it's, it's just because you got the good promotion and more money and the better job is not your fault. Every human being on this planet would take the job. In whatever whatever line of work you're in. Now, I think there are certain coaches who are wired in a certain way, who are in the minority, who stay at one place for like 35 years. Mm-hmm. And they don't and they never win national championships. They're not ever the guys that win national championships. It's Frank Beamer at Virginia Tech, it's Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin, it's Bill Snyder at Kansas State, it's Kyle Whittingham at Utah. It, these guys are there for 20 years, 25 years. They're the greatest coach in the history of that school, and they never win a national championship. And they're okay with that. Everyone else is wired differently. Everyone else is wired to, like, eat the young and win a championship, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I don't know why you're faulting a guy for wanting to make more money and have a better job. Hmm. I don't know. Was it? Was I? I think so. I do think Mississippi State's a good job for Dan Mullen. Yeah. I, I, I agree. He's perfect there. You can recruit just enough. I think old junk, Junkyard nailed it here. <laughs> That's probably fair. Jimmy Sexton. He's, he's also the Jimmy. reason Hugh Freeze is, is, is in Auburn, so he's the reason everybody's everywhere. Yeah, um, and why Drink's making insane amount for Jimmy what he's Sexton, accomplished. Yeah, exactly. Jimmy Sexton was uh, at the press conference for Hugh Freeze, like look, looking over at reporters to like keep him quiet. During the during uh, Baby Billy's introductory speech, his sermon, mm-hmm. um, I thought that was pretty good. I I think, God, I had a good. I, you know, I was gonna have another bad bad take there, another bad opinion before Jimmy Sexton distracted me with his large billfold <laughs> and all of his and all of his money. Um, I think Mississippi go, Mullen at Mississippi State. Um, you, you can find a three star quarterback and develop him to the offensive player that you want him to be, which is Dak Prescott, Nick Fitzgerald, you name it. 
every right. now and then someone every... that LSU thinks is a tight end. You know exactly, what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, Hey, Pat white was a three-star from Alabama that Nick Saban thought was a corner. And turns out he's a Heisman caliber quarterback that reinvented the offense at, 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 at West Virginia. I think you can recruit just enough. You can, it's okay. If you recruit like 13th in the sec, <laughs> yeah, because you're going to be top 25 nationally. And yes, RIP to, to, friend of the pod mike leach but also Um, hey i I know you're on a spiel here but also this and and this is always gets overlooked in these recruiting talks the way recruiting works now and i hey i've never done it so i'm not sitting here like mocking the recruiting services but what those people do is they go to atlanta because you can you can cover 20 schools in a night nashville you know there's a dozen schools you can do texas on and on and on are they going down the back roads three hours in Mississippi to to see some linemen that is that people are saying you gotta keep your eye on this guy? No, are you, ta- it, are, you you're, are you talking about the recruiting service people? Or are you talking about the the graduate assistant making twenty five grand a year for like Alabama? I'm talking about the recruiting services. Okay. They're, okay, they're not they they don't they just don't have the resources. Sorry, I wasn't listening to you on your own show there for a second. They're so not they're not sending someone two hours down a back road for one guy that may or may not be good, but. You know, at Mississippi State, they can do that. And they my God, this this guy here is quality, and, and we could develop him. In three years, he could be an SEC starter. So, yeah, Mississippi State never has a good recruiting ranking, and, and that's because they lose these head-to-head battles to LSU and Alabama, as you'd expect. But that doesn't mean they don't have talent either. You know what I mean? And I, I thought right. Dan Mullen and his staff did a hell of a job finding these guys and developing them. I, I think um, while access to tape – and scouting reports and the interaction between coaching staff and recruiting service as somebody who worked at a recruiting service um, and drove through the middle of Texas into Madisonville, Texas to watch Chris Whaley, to talk to his coach and interview him personally. I drove to Lufkin, Texas, which is like two hours North of, of Houston to go watch uh, Jamarcus McFarlane, big time prospect there. Like this was the Russell Shepard, Garrett Gilbert class, I think. And I was one of those guys that drove a rental car through the middle of God forsaken nowhere to get to these towns. I I think if you are good enough and a big enough prospect, your tape is so available that yes, absolutely. These services go find you. This is why Mississippi state has never uh, won the division or, or won a sec championship, I should say. So sure. There's miss, there's misevaluations on players all the time. I mean, NFL, NFL scouts and GMs get paid millions of dollars and they fuck it up every year. So I don't, you know, misevaluation happens, but if you're good enough to get a power five offer, you're you're you've been tracked you've been talked to these recruiting services make too much money off of it and and oh by the way this is the the dirty secret that nobody wants to tell you of course which i think everybody knows is that all these coaching staffs are in bed with all these services like they're all they're all best friends so how did jenkins get a three-star ranking i mean i said there's misevaluations all the time also if you think about it there's three hundred thousand senior football players every year maybe 300 of them will get four stars so it's a they, they try to keep it very exclusive to make sure you're the best of the best, and you miss all the time. It's 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 baked into the business, but they are statistically more accurate today than they've ever been. And I worked for them, as you can tell by all those names I rattled off. I worked for it. I covered recruiting a long time ago. <laughs> Russell yeah. Shepard, Russell Shepard recruiting era. <laughs> Cy, was was Cy, that the guy that went to LSU? He was a it was a quarterback at Cy Ridge in Houston. And he went to LSU and he turned into a receiver, I think. Yeah. Interesting cat. Yeah, Andrew makes another great point. 
17 year olds get better at very different rates and times. And there's no question about that. Like not to, this is, I don't mean this to be like my football playing career, but like I was 165 pounds. I, I'm six one and not that now <laughs> I was six, one 165 pounds as a junior. And I was like the third string receiver who caught like 10 passes for the whole season. And then I worked my ass off and I was 195 pounds the next year. And my only offers were like Tennessee tech, Austin P middle Tennessee state. And so I would, but that's because I had no film. I had no tape. This was 1999. There was no access to, you know, these portals where you put in the, your film and you go and like you develop at such a different rate and it's totally different. So offensive line, especially. They didn't you, even have you, the internet back in, out. did they? Barely. Barely. <laughs> there was no smartphones and no social media, though, which is fucking crazy if you think about it. Yeah. Like, thank God. Yeah. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to watch a four, seven, eight wide receiver <laughs> <laughs> run down the field. Um, no. So it, it, I, I, I think they know about these guys. Like, I mean, Drake Kirkpatrick was from Gadsden, Alabama, you know, like five star. I think so. Like they, they find the five stars, like they find them. Well, the five stars. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just, I think there's a lot of three stars at Mississippi state and Ole Miss sign that sure. Just, just cause Alabama didn't want them. Doesn't mean they're not any good. There's a lot of three stars at Alabama signs. <laughs> D'Amico Ryan's right. Famous three-star recruit. D'Amico Ryan's, I believe Pat, was Patrick Willis was a three-star, right? Ole Miss? I think if you commit to Bama, you just, they just give you a four. <laughs> that, they, just, they, they just hand you that four star. Yeah, I think it's more like Nebraska uh, that does that. But Nebraska, Nebraska, you also have to know which sites make which services more money. That's another one you got to know because that I don't think that that happens. But there are absolutely business interests for different, you know, on three rivals, Scout, ESPN, or whatever. They have different subscriptions for different websites. So mm-hmm. keep an eye on that. All right, I'm taking Georgia at home. I like Missouri to play well into the fourth quarter, and then just not enough. Just not enough. Um, it's just not enough. I like. Um, I, I don't tell me if you're picking. I, I know you make picks later, but this is 59 minutes in. Are you taking Alabama to win or are you taking LSU? I haven't decided. I'll tell you, I am. You've been picking Tennessee LSU. You've been picking LSU. The, I'll tell you that, though. I, I do have that one nailed down. You're, you're going to spend nine months picking one thing and then change two days before the game. Yeah, I, I think that's how you have to do it. Everything I, you say I, I in the agree. preseason I is agree. not. I, I always thought it was stupid when people were like, that's no, you're right. I picked X and X in the preseason, so I got to pick them in this. No, you go, you go off information that you have that changes day by day. I agree. I agree with you. So roll damn tide. Best, best in the West. One lost team going into SEC championship game with the right to make the playoff. Better than Georgia? Dynasty's dead. You you think Bama's better than Georgia? That's crazy. No, I didn't say that. You just said that. You said the no, hottest team in the SEC. I'm pretty sure. A, a one loss team into the SEC championship. No, I'm not. I'm not picking them to beat Georgia. I'm picking what this. if What if Ole Miss beats Georgia? Are the, is Alabama love, still be, the? Is that are they still the hottest one loss team? Man, that'd be so much fun. Well, yes, because if Alabama's continually winning and one of those wins is a ass whipping of the team you're asking me about, then yes. <laughs> no, but they're hotter now. They'd be hotter in December. No, no. I think wouldn't. Ole Miss will be hotter. Nah, nah. <laughs> Because Alabama, who they, who the hell are they beating right here? They're beating LSU's good. At, yeah, at K- Kentucky, Chattanooga, Auburn. They be yeah, they are. They're on fire. 24, four, 24 to ten. As opposed to, to Ole 10. Miss, who would have beaten A and M, Georgia. 
A&M would have beaten the Monroe, exact same team. Monroe's awesome. Yeah. And then <laughs> Mississippi State hot. on the road, you don't just go into Starkville and <laughs> you come actually, out with a win. You actually don't. <laughs> so Not I mean, in the Egg Bowl. Not I think Ole Miss would be hotter. You know that Alabama beat all those teams too, right? Okay. Not lately. Oh, yeah, you're right. A&M was Not Georgia. One, Wait, they ago. they can't beat Georgia. Alabama can't beat Georgia. They've never all done right. it, have they? All right. 24 to 10. 24 10. These two these two teams played. Alabama's better. Yeah, but like Sign- two months significantly. ago. Significantly. Um, you just were worried that they couldn't beat AM this week. <laughs> oh, I am worried about that because AM's good. Damn. Damn. Old Jimbo's got to get to bowl eligibility. Earn that money. <laughs> Earn that money. <laughs> oh, classic Kiffin. It's gonna be such a great, it's such a great weekend, dude. I'm ready to pull hell off at the at its hinges, man. I'm ready to go. It's gonna be such a great weekend. Yeah. Um, Texas are we, A&M. Are we Ar- finally... Arkansas, Florida, by the way, is an important game. Kentucky, Mississippi State's an important game. Yeah. Auburn has a, Auburn has a chance to get over 500 with a win on the road against Vanderbilt. There's other games that are happening this weekend in the SEC that are actually important. It's it's must win for Arkansas, Florida, Auburn, Kentucky, Mississippi State. Those are all must win games for all those teams. What's the most likely upset? South Carolina, based on the spread this week in the SEC, because we've not, we just not had these many upsets this entire year in the SEC. Is I think it, if, there... if Arkansas wins on the road, I think that's the one that's possible. Yeah, that'd be a big upset. But a, but what? But I would still consider a big upset if, if Texas A&M wins. I would not call it a big upset. If Kentucky is only a three and a half point favorite on the on the road loses, that would not be a huge upset. I think if Jacksonville State and old Rich Rodriguez mm-hmm. should have been the head coach at Alabama, if Rich Rodriguez pulls a, an upset on the road against South Carolina because South Carolina can't block anybody, that that's a big one to keep an eye on. A lot, yeah. A lot of people think that could happen. I don't, but I don't know. I don't know if those are just trolls or or what, or if uh, maybe South, maybe Michigan has not scouted Jacksonville State's signals. So are you that, kidding? That's going to hurt Shane Beamer and company this weekend. Former so, Michigan head coach. Oh, yeah. Rich Rodriguez. You're putting the pieces. Yeah, I like what you're doing yeah. here. So that yeah. that is something to consider. I, I believe Jacksonville State's got an elite running attack, and that's South Carolina does worse than anybody to stop the run. Rich Rodriguez helped Shane Beamer scout against his own team. Now we're deep. We're deep into the weeds on this. I buy, I'd buy it. He's, the, the he's trying to get that non-story. Buyout. It's the biggest non-story in the history of stories. I think it's so stupid. He's going to be the head coach of the Chicago Bears next year, no matter what. Let's move on. Shane Beamer? That's no. bold. <laughs> no. Jim Harbaugh. That's bold. Jim Harbaugh. Beamer he, ball. He took it in Chicago. Can you imagine? Think about this. You're talking about drama with coaches, and I know we got to go, but it, can you imagine if an SEC coach, mm-hmm. Shane Beamer, Lane Kiffin, just whoever, if an SEC coach interviewed, interviewed, for an NFL head coaching job on yeah, national sign, on National Signing Day, yeah. on publicly on National Signing Day, Bobby Petrino probably did that once or twice, didn't he? I, I doubt it. People would lose their shit in the SEC. It's what Mich- it's what Harbaugh did last year. He interviewed with the Vikings on National Signing Day. I've never heard of this. I've been around Nick college Saban? for over twenty years. I bet Nick Saban's done it. Not on National Signing Day, he doesn't. What about Brian Kelly? I could see him doing it. So, so the answer is no. Nobody has done it. Could Kirby? Kirby take that day off. <laughs> Kirby Kirby doesn't know what PTO <laughs> is. He doesn't understand. Yeah, that'd be he's... that'd be wild. But then if you keep winning, no, I don't think anyone cares. Uh Ole Miss to win, Bama to win, Georgia to win. Favorite, favorite, favorite. Don't like any upsets this week. So no fence sitting for me. 
No offense, Cynic, for me. Um, otherwise, must wins for Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas, Florida. We'll see. Keep an eye on that as well. Please head on over to the 440 Sports YouTube page. Give us a subscription. We do appreciate it. There are game previews up every single week over there. We're going to have probably at least three different previews up this week with, with LSU Alabama, uh, with the great Stephen Lassen, of course, and myself doing those games. Uh, we'll talk Texas A&M Ole Miss, and we'll talk uh, uh, Missouri, Georgia as well. So make sure you head on over there uh, and give us a follow. Give us a subscribe. We do appreciate it. Maybe one day Michael will promote the fact that this live show is happening on one of his other shows. If you could do that, that would be great. If you want to scroll to the bottom of the podcast app and give us five stars, we would appreciate that as well. It does help people find us. Um, for all you guys in the comments who have been great this this uh, this week, we love you. Thanks for hanging out. Enjoy the weekend. And for Mike, thanks for, I guess, listening to the show. I do appreciate it. <laughs> uh, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.